Welcome to Digital Done Right, where we talk all things digital and automation marketing. My name is Dustin Trout, and with me is Brian Barrett, owner of OCT Performance Marketing and Automated Digital. Today, we are going to be talking Super Bowl ads. Something that everyone looks forward to, the only, only advertisement that America looks forward to being served. Um, but really, just want to get into some of the, the cool numbers, just kind of get your take on, on uh, what was good, what wasn't good. Um, really just have a discussion around how well the, the Super Bowl ads were, were this year. Um, and really to kind of kick it off, I'd love to hear your thoughts. I and mean, what are your, your thoughts on the overall commercials this year? You know, we had a little bit different landscape with COVID and everything. Uh, yeah, what, are, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I guess uh, the first, uh, there's a few stats that I was curious about at school to review now that their stats have come out. Uh, one thing that stood out to me was how much spots cost. Uh, they were like six million uh, for thirty seconds, and now it, it was five point six million. So really, the cost didn't go down that much. So you really, as a brand, you really, really wanted to be there. Uh, another interesting step uh, I was curious about is the viewership, and year over year, the viewership of the most recent Super Bowl going down fifteen percent. So I was, I don't know, you know, I was kind of curious on what would happen, but. Um, just because, you know, there's not a lot of in-stadium uh, action anymore. So I know from talking around to some folks who are in the sports business world, you know, that industry has worked really hard to maintain um, its fan base. And, you know, it's pretty positive that it appears that they have maintained the fan, the fan base. So that's, uh, I think, the, again, looking at the stats for the Super Bowl, I, I wonder, and I think that it's indicative of how big brands can still succeed um, in the COVID era, the virtual COVID era. Yeah, no, I mean, those are some crazy stats, specifically the, the $5.6 million price tag for a 30-second spot. Um, I mean, that it, it is a hefty price tag, but I mean, overall, the name of the game is is getting someone's attention. I mean, that's so hard to do outside of this, uh, you know, this medium when everyone is tuned in, they're looking forward to seeing the ads, but I mean, what are your thoughts on that price tag? I, from a brand perspective and budget, I mean, is this something that you think is ROI positive? Is it a good investment for brands to you know spend that five point six million on a thirty second spot, or are there other opportunities throughout the year that maybe their dollar can go further? Well, first off, these brands are mega brands who have <laughs> you know massive budgets. And uh, talking with some uh, folks, again, back to the sports business industry who work with brands like Coca-Cola and doing analysis on sponsorship ROI, a lot of these brands, they've actually, um, they haven't been spending money in other areas like event marketing, activation of sporting events, their sponsorship dollars of in-stadium sorts of uh, buys have gone down. So relative to their normal advertising budget, they probably had some money sitting around. Now, granted, maybe in some respects, consumer demand's gone down, so the revenue's gone down. But you know, it, the price tag doesn't—it it stands out to me because I don't personally have five point six million dollars to go buy a thirty-second spot, and it wouldn't be relevant. But you know, you see a lot of the brands that advertise. You know, Rocket Mortgage, Amazon, M and M's. You know, they nine out of the most viewed TV. Uh, shows ever have been Super Bowls. So if you're going to be a TV, you know, you got to be on the Super Bowl. Yeah, it's uh, I, I mean, I personally think just because the attention is there, I mean, if you had the 
whatever million later out. I mean, yeah, invest, but I think, I think it is a good investment overall. I mean, number numbers don't lie. I mean, there's been a lot of newcomers this last year, a lot of digital brands between DoorDash, Fiverr, Indeed, Reddit, Robinhood, Uber Eats, uh, Vroom. And I mean, when you look at the overall numbers, they, they do mention that both Vroom and Robinhood after the, the 24 hours after their commercial aired, they both saw above a hundred percent increase in first time downloads of their app. And these are apps that aren't like, hey, we have 400 people or 5,000 people. I mean, there are millions of app downloads. And so if you're doubling that, I mean, that, that's a ton of engagement for your brand. Granted, I mean, does the business model follow? Are people actually purchasing? But just from that, that sheer number there, seeing that first time download jumped 120% with Vroom, 113% with... Uh, um, uh, GameStop, people searching for them as well. It, it shows that the, the brand awareness is there. I mean, it does drive people um, to do whatever call to action you want them to do. I mean, I think, again, it's people are looking forward to the, these commercials, but you know, most of the time you always hear, well, I invested and I didn't get any downloads. I didn't get any sales or anything. But based off these numbers, it does show that people do engage with it and then actually take action, engage with these brands, which ultimately are what people are wanting. Yeah, you, know, you mentioned some of those new newcomers. Um, I'll call them online-only businesses. You know, Fiber and D, etc. Not only are they online-only businesses, they're also directly contributing to the state of affairs where everything's becoming virtual. So, you know, lots of job movement and stuff. Indeed, it's always been relevant for employers and employees to find to find jobs, but it's even more relevant now. Um, similarly, like Vroom, you know, it's a hands-free car shopping, car delivery sort of service. So, you know, I, I look at those companies, it's, you know, I, I don't know if it's the, the investment, the monetary investment stretched them at all, but it, I, I, it seems really strategically wise to take advantage and build that customer base given our unprecedented times. Because like you said, I mean, once you download that app and certainly doesn't mean they'll engage with it, but they, the customers that download it certainly engage with it at least once. Um, you know, they, they probably won't get another similar opportunity in two, five, 10 years um, to really get customers, uh, given the situation to be at home and buy cars, for example, to get that sort of traction, get that many, that number of downloads. At the same time, you know, thinking of, uh, like Vroom, they probably compete pretty heavily, heavily with like a Carvana. And I wonder if brands like Carvana are probably like kicking themselves and being like, ooh, we missed an opportunity. So I, I do like, and it's pretty cool. I'd almost say, you know, it used to be like TV was like the old medium. And to be innovative, you wouldn't be on TV. Now it's even more innovative to be on TV. Well, I know we're saying TV, but, you know, YouTube is one of the main drivers of uh, downloads and such. Yep. Yeah. And actually bring up a good point. I mean, as you're kind of mentioning some of those brands, it's almost like it's better as an education piece than even brand awareness. I mean, Vroom, that's a, I mean, people are familiar with Carvana, but it's an entirely, entirely different business model and a way to purchase a big ticket item. Same with, I mean, Fiverr, getting contractors, whatever it may be. That's almost like knowing that the attention is there. It's, it's better money, better spent there to educate on what this new model is, why it's, it's beneficial. I mean, it's, I've been on Vroom and I, it is awesome. I, I loved it, but I mean, I, I mean, had I not seen it in action and stuff like that, probably wouldn't have taken action. And I think this is a perfect opportunity where it's like, well, if you got $5 million, $6 million budget. It's like, well, is it worth just 
telling the kitchen sink at the, the one 30 second spot or extending that $5 million budget over, over 12 months. And, and to your point, it, it could be a make or break. Like maybe uh, Carvana is kicking themselves, but at the same time, it's uh, you know, it could have been a bad spot. The, the user sentiment wasn't there and, and almost hurt the brand um, as well. Yeah, you know, thinking about, um, you, know, you mentioned ROI, called actions, app downloads. You know, a few years ago, TV was also irrelevant for a lot of brands because their business was online. So it took users extra effort to be like, oh, Rocket Mortgage, now I need to go online and do this thing. But now it's, uh, again, going back to YouTube, like YouTube is a typical advertising buy of these online companies. So if you think of they're like, we're spending that money on YouTube anyway, now we're just reaching a bigger platform and the transaction is going to happen on YouTube anyway. So it, it really makes TV, like you mentioned, it's a, it's a great brand awareness, reaching a new audience. You know, in some respects, they're, from an investment perspective, there are probably few investments that you can get that sort of awareness over the course of 30 seconds. So, you know, um, when you think of... Okay, Rocket Mortgage, they're going to spend five, six, five point six million at some point, probably in a month. You know, this is probably not that big of a deal yeah. internally to justify. Yeah, I've been in conversations where it was crazy conversations to justify buying a Super Bowl spot. Now, my guess is you're sitting with the CMO and you're at team, and it's like, yeah, well, we're already buying YouTube, we already now we produce this cool spot. Um, so you know, we can measure the ROI, and probably just makes more sense. So I anticipate you know, prices for, you know, Super Bowl ads going up. If I was selling ads for Super Bowl, I'd be like, man, you know, 113% downloaded lift for room. This thing's worth more than 5.6 million. Yep. And then the exciting piece, I think if you pulled in OTT, I mean, you got YouTube, you got all that. Having the ability to retarget those people that watched the Super Bowl ad and then extend that message beyond the Super Bowl, I think... I think it's just the ROI is only going to get stronger as technology catches up. You got more people consuming it on YouTube TV, uh, Sling TV, whatever it may be. And as you can buy that programmatically, it, it'll be interesting because it's like once you open that up and get more audience specific, is the price going to go up or down? Because it's like, you know, you start layering in other, other audiences with OTT. It's like now you're not reaching as a large of audience, but they do have attention. I'm wondering if. You know, I mean, it'll still be expensive on a CPM basis, but maybe it's only a million dollar spot to cut the entire audience in half, knowing that they're, they're uh, marketing managers or whatever, and you're trying to sell your um, agency services. And it'll be interesting to see how the overall Super Bowl um, you know, commercials take place as OTT kicks up. And it's, it's not so much more of a, we're going to send one commercial to everyone, but only hit our, our target audience. Yeah, you make a good point. Uh, you know, obviously, makes it a more affordable distribution channel for you know, kind of monetizing your sort of investment. The one thing you, know, you mentioned retargeting, I think of what that user experience is. So you see the you see the Super Bowl ad. You know, obviously, uh, YouTube is part and parcel to that sort of brand continuity. But then you start getting into retargeting. I'm curious what the the marketers are doing. Are they retargeting with the same sort of creatives? Like how far are the marketing teams pulling this um, the the uh, new brand position or the new creatives through? Because at some point, I, I'm thinking on Rocket Mortgage, but at some point, there's going to be not backlash, but some point in the Rocket Mortgage ecosystem when you're moving down that chain, 
it's not going to look, feel, sound, anything like the commercial. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I am kind of curious of, you know, are people engaging with Rocket Mortgage because they're cool and they're thinking it's the company that, you know, their advertisement is the funniest. Therefore, I'm going to buy or get my mortgage refinanced through Rocket Mortgage. Um, maybe it doesn't matter, but I am curious, like, these, a lot of these brands cannot continue this sort of identity, uh, nor do I think they want to. But I do. Kind of, I am kind of curious about what customer behavior will be as it switches from like a funny, cool video to business as usual. Is there going to be drop offs or what? Yeah. No. That that is a good. That's a good point. And it's almost like you know the brand that you're used to seeing in the everyday, the Coca Colas and all that. You see them, then all of a sudden the Super Bowl comes and it's like a completely different person almost. Um, from a brand identity, I mean, you're going, you know, throwing the hail mary and putting everything you you have at that creative and and whatnot. I mean, that being said, I mean, how do you think advertisers did in terms of uh, you know connecting with America, connecting with uh, everyone that was watching? Was there any type of disconnect for the situation that's going on? Trying to be too funny and kind of just forgetting about current situations, or um, what are your thoughts there? I mean, disconnected, sure, but also I think what viewers needed, I'd give it two thumbs up. It's like putting ads that are like tear jerkers, and it's just like people wearing masks and feeling sad and not being able to connect their family and being mm-hmm. sick. Like, who wants to see that? You know? So, is it disconnected? I don't know. Maybe. I think it's, it, it shows like, you know, happiness, it's positive, it's uh, encouraging. And I think that's, I think that's, uh, that's a lot. Actually, I thought I was going to see more, um, I'll call it COVID messaging. Um, certainly, uh, brands like Uber Eats, um, they certainly drafted off of the team mm-hmm. there. So I think it was wise for them to invest because there's a lot of competitors, you know, DoorDash, Grubhub, et cetera. And, you know, DoorDash was there. Um, but I'm okay if it's disconnected. I think they accomplished their objective of, Paying a good picture and saying, "Hey, interact with my brand." I, I know what's going on, but you know, but it's not as bad, maybe, or it's you know, producing something fun and cool that hopefully you can relate to. Yeah, no, I I'm happy to see that there wasn't a whole lot of yeah tear jerkers and just let's come together. I mean, I, I understand that you know people kind of want that, but I think at the same time, consumers overall are just tired of that messaging. I think it took a little time to catch up and people to to start messaging that way, but. I think everyone's over the you know COVID situation and and that I don't know the feel good. So I I, I like the stance that a lot of the the marketers took um, to be more lighthearted, funny. I mean, kind of keeping up with the tradition of Super Bowl commercials. Uh, what what's going to be the funniest and whatnot? But was really happy to see that there wasn't a whole lot of that. Yeah, I mean, even if it wasn't COVID specific, like if I saw the traditional Anheuser Busch commercial where like this little cute dog and you know, the, the big horses and, you know, that's kind of like an emotional sort of like that would just stand out as being weird right now compared to all. It used to be that the funny ones would be the anomaly. Now all the funny, you know, the funny might not be the right word, but the funny creative ones, they're the norm and the more serious ones are, you know, you know, uh, they're the anomaly anymore. Yeah. And I am curious to see if that continues. The other thing that I thought about was those, again, I'm calling them funny, but that sort of creative, it appeals to the up-and-coming audience, right? Millennials and below. Um, You know, so maybe maybe that's just the norm for advertising anymore. Yeah. 
No, it, it, it will be interesting. And I think, you know, when it comes to getting someone to take action, there's a couple different calls to actions. People go to go to our website, go like this, go do this, buy that. Um, one company that really stood out, I mean, was DraftKings. They had two 15-second spots and they did have uh, basically a 4Q prediction challenge where you go and predict, um, basically enter to win up to a million dollars. Not only are you spending money on the spot, you're spending almost $6 million to distribute it. And now let's just give another million dollars away. But they said that it did drive great brand awareness. They had ton of, tons of signups. I mean, it sounds like it, it's ROI positive. Um, do you think that more brands will get more aggressive with their calls to actions, uh, especially if costs do keep going up for Super Bowl spots? Well, yes. Um... It's also interesting the richness of the offers you described there. One thing to me that indicates how much money transacts through DraftKings. I mean, that's, you know, and then at the same time, think about a DraftKings, you're seeing a commercial, it's like million to win a million dollars. And then the next commercial is like a Ford commercial. And it's like, save a thousand dollars. Like that would, it would just be awkward, right? <laughs> that's <laughs> a very really good awkward. point. <laughs> so uh, that's a risk. I mean, you put together all this advertising, and you, you know, you produce it, you buy the media, and all of a sudden your offer is <laughs> terrible. Um, so yeah, I would say DraftKings kind of, aside from it being like a super relevant digital platform, like what we talked about earlier, um, and, and then also clearly you're on a, the biggest sports platform, sporting event. You're talking about sports betting and all that sort of stuff. Um, so, yeah, I mean, they, I wouldn't even put an offer out there if it wasn't even remotely close to a million bucks. <laughs> I mean, granted, they're in their own space. Yeah. Still, you hear that and you're like, I'm going to do that even if I'm not interested in DraftKings offering. <laughs> exactly. And then it gets people, hey, did you hear about da-da-da? And they're like, their offers. So, all of a sudden, it creates the, the word of mouth. I'm sure there's just so much more reach that they're uh, achieving outside of the overall Super Bowl spot just because of that, that call to action. And I mean, speaking of that, what is interesting is most people, uh, most brands, whenever they do serve ads, they typically see a good spillover of about 150 to 200,000 views on uh, you know their YouTube channels and and really the spot uh, that they serve. So outside of all the you know awareness and the people tuning in, there is a ton of spillover on the digital side where again that retargeting can be picked up and. Um, I think that just keeps picking up more and more, trying to get it to translate over into digital so that there is a bit more tracking and, and extending that message. I would say yes, but compared to, you know, I was thinking of like popular, uh, popular um, musicians and stuff like that, or uh, online personalities, you know, a couple hundred thousand views isn't a big deal. <laughs> no. You know, it's just not. So I would say, the industry we're talking about, big brands, consumer products, and such, they got a long way to go. But the, you know, the good news is, is there's a long way to go. They yeah. have a long way to go. So, you know, it, it is cool from retargeting perspective and all that sort of stuff. I think it gets back to what we were talking about about the extension or how far uh, they carry on this campaign. I know a lot of times campaigns are like, yeah, let's do a great or our our two uh, campaign, and boom, we did it. Okay, we'll like follow it through a little bit on YouTube and maybe some other stuff. Um, but then it dies. I would like to see, you know, the the spots that did well 
kind of carry into the brand a little bit more. And then I think you'd see exponential exponential growth and get, you know, obviously more ROI, et cetera. But you put all this money, you got all this momentum. How do you carry on the momentum? I, I would say even outside of the Super Bowl there, that's the biggest opportunity for every brand that's out there is how do you create that that one-to-one messaging through the customer journey, just not just here, we're gonna serve one spot and hopefully people sign up. It's after they watch it. Now, what are you saying to them after they engage with different messaging? What are your value adds? What are they engaging with? How do you continue that message down to transaction? And I think that's something that every marketer is uh, trying to figure out. And as we kind of get to where we're wrapping up, just want to kind of go over a few interesting uh, stats just overall when it comes to the commercials. Now, I'd love to hear just what was your favorite commercial overall? Um, I mean, overall through the Super Bowl, there were 96 ads that were shown. And of that, there were 45 unique brands. Um, what's absolutely amazing is that generated $545 million in in-game ad spend. That is, <laughs> that's more than some countries, like total yeah. GDP. <laughs> yeah. So, um, um, you know, I, I, uh, you know, remembering the one with, uh, the Catholic one with Will Ferrell, you know, uh, it's hard to beat the, the, uh, the comedians like you're putting uh, Will Ferrell up against like Peyton Manning. Hey, Peyton Manning's cool. You know, he's a good personality. Like <laughs> throwing balls with his brother into the into the wall, and you know, the slow Super Bowl commercial. But you know, I mean, Will Ferrell is your uh, your well. I, I remember that. I remember it less about the electric vehicles. The thing that stood out to me about GM's electric vehicles was their last car that said like thirty five electric vehicle by 2025. So that really stood out to me. Um, certainly like Cadillac and Will Ferrell uh, don't really jive with me. Like they don't connect, but who cares? It was a great, a great commercial. <laughs> so that was one of my favorites. Yeah, no, my, my favorite one is, uh, we are talking about it a little bit before this, but uh, not so much because it's funny or anything, just the creative, the creativeness to it was Reddit. I think they had like, literally it was just like an image and it was a six second spot. I think they only ran it once, but I mean, it's talk, Everyone always tries to be funny or think outside the box almost too much. So it's almost like you're trying to think outside the box too much that everyone is very similar to where this was. Uh, nah, we're not going to throw any comedy at it. We're just, eh, we're seeing our name out there. And I, I, I wonder how it did in terms of actual um, signups and, and getting people to, to create, create accounts. Yeah. You know, I think Reddit, just because of who Reddit is, I saw it's one of its pitch decks to get some more funding, funding and it was the most unsophisticated, irreverent pitch deck I've ever seen. And it, just because, I mean, it just stood out. It wasn't like this business school, VC, very, you know, what you would expect. Um, so they, I think their commercial speaks to their audience and also like their DNA more than the others. The other thing too is they already have a huge, massively engaged audience. And then the timing of which this came is important because of everything going on in the stock market. So how I look at it is, <laughs> they're like we're going to be on here just because we already know you love us it's our PR thing to say yes we're sorry even though it's not what it's said um, so I, again I use the word irreverent um, as a brand they're, they're pretty cool and their, their audience is very very uh, loyal because there's really nothing else like it yeah no, couldn't agree more and really to, to kind of wrap it up I know we got to get back to work so that we can try and uh, you know get, get our Super Bowl spot in there next year but I mean, again, just tons of awareness, tons of tons of creativity, which is always great to see. I think the thing that we can agree on is 
brands, extend that message, continue that message, not just make one spot and, and let it be done. Um, but really, thank you guys so much for tuning in on another episode of Digital Done Right. Um, if you have any questions on performance marketing or uh, you know, want a Super Bowl ad uh, distributed, how can they get in touch with you, Brian? performance marketing, we only take a 20% commission or find you know, on LinkedIn at Brian Barrett. Cool. Appreciate it. And we'll see you on the next episode. Thank you.